0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N. Underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod and email the show. Thunder Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show for all 5 On today's show, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on in today's episode. We're going to have our Power Ranking Roundups, a preview of the Pacers game. Of course, the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week and our first 2021 NBA Draft Stock Watch. Let's start with the NBA Power Ranking Roundup. We do this every single week. We scour for NBA Power Rankings, and let you know where they have the Thunder sitting at. This weekend, there's a lot of 30s in this one. There's a couple people still high on this team, or higher than uh, than most, and that's, of course, as always, ESPN has, I think, had them at 26 all year long, pretty much. So ESPN has a team at 26. Bleacher Report has them at 26 as well. Consider your sources there. The NBA.com, Athletic, and CBS all have the Thunder at 30. So NBA.com, Athletic, CBS at 30. NBC Sports has them at 29, I have them at 28, Tankathon, of course, they're the fifth best odds to win the lottery, and to try to get that Cade Cunningham, get that top tier player that we'll talk about later on in this show, and on Tankathon, you're really really targeting that top three, you want that 14% chance of getting that top overall pick, and the top three gets that. Oklahoma City currently sitting at five. Detroit has won four of their last six. So they're on a bit of a hot streak as far as tanking teams go. And the Thunder, of course, have lost 11 straight with a game today against Indiana. So you're kind of battling for trying to get in that top four. And then from there, you go for top five in Orlando. Uh, Orlando and Detroit are both tied for third right now on Tankathon. And they're both two games ahead of Oklahoma City. So there's still some work to be done on that front. Ultimately, the power rankings are justified and pretty much spot on. Again, 26, you know, a bit high for me, but I understand how they got there, just kind of copying the standings for the most part. For the Thunder, they have a really big game tonight against Indiana, and these games get bigger, and, and the pressure on them gets bigger, and it sounds weird to say that, but we have to remember, we're thinking about this season the reverse of what we'd normally think, right? Normally... You're trying to get the best record at the worst record. And so it feels like there's no more big games, but this is absolutely another big game for Oklahoma city. You just are hoping to lose these big games now. And this is a game that I think Oklahoma city wins. So the injury report for seven 30 came out and here's what the situation is right now. Now this can all change. There's still, still two more injury reports before the game tips off. So it can all change in a matter of moments, not moments, but hours, you know what I meant? Anyway, SGA's out, Josh Hall's out, Mike Muscala's out, Gabriel Dex out, start with the team. Isaiah Roby is still out. Now, now, Lou Dort, he did get upgraded to questionable. So Lou Dort might be in, might be out. We're unsure here. I think that Lou Dort will play. Questionable pretty much means he's going to play. For the most part, I think he'll play. For The Pacers, they're going to be without TJ Warren, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. They're all out. Jamie Lamb, Gogo, and Doug Dermott are all questionable. I think Oklahoma City will win this game. I think that they've lost 11 in a row and they're just hungry and scrappy and they want to win. You saw them the last couple of games not going away without a fight, and you saw how chippy that they are and how just scrappy they are. And I don't think that the Pacers have that in them. I think that the Pacers, if they get in a knockout, drag out fight with this Thunder team, without those key pieces of Miles Turner, who's out with that toe injury, TJ Warren, Sabonis, without those pieces and then missing possibly one or all three of Jeremy Lamb, Gogo, and McDermott, like I think that the Thunder have a chance here to just claw their way to a victory and snap an 11 game losing streak. In fact, the bet of the day, and the line's not out yet, yeah, but, but the bet of the day, whenever the line does come out, is Oklahoma City, no matter what it is. If they're favorited, if they're underdogs, no matter what it is, Oklahoma City. I think they're going to win this game. So, what to watch for in this game, to me, is Darius Baisley, because I don't know for sure if Ludwig's going to play, but, but I want to see Ludor continue to play well offensively if he does play. But for Baisley, I want to try to get him a game where he puts it all together, right? Because there's been flashes and there's been moments and there's been the process that we've talked about before. The process is more important than the results in this season. I wonder if we can get a game where Baisley puts it both together the process and the results. For example, he had a career high last game out in free throw attempts and in points made, but it was not particularly efficient. I want to see if he can become an efficient scorer, at least in this game against Indiana and kind of start to build on that part of his game now, the efficiency of his game, an area he's lacked in this season. I wonder if that's a possibility for him moving forward. We've talked about it before, before, that his shot should be more efficient than it is. Like, his shot is really clean. It's a really textbook shot that you want a guy his size to have. The shots just aren't falling yet, and I think that they're going to start falling. It's been streaky with him, up and down with him in his shot. I think that he can get more consistent as the years go on and as his career goes on but I want to see him try to put all that together. I think that this is a team that you can absolutely attack down low without Miles Turner, without DeMontis DeMontis Sabonis, without Gogo. I mean, they're going to be on Malcolm Brogdon at the center position. They had that rotation, that weird, wacky rotation whenever Gogo went out in the last game. They had Malcolm Brogdon at center. This should be a game where Baisley continues this streak of aggressiveness and Baisley continues to attack the rim at will, the way that he did against Washington, the way he did against Toronto. I want to see that carry over. And up those efficiency numbers. That's going to be a big deal for his progression in his game is the efficiency. I want to see that get better. I think that I want to see Tony Bradley start to get phased more into the rotation and phased closer to uh, that starting minutes than Moses Brown. I think of the two, Tony Bradley has a much clearer pathway to a legitimate NBA contributor that plays legitimate minutes than, say, Moses Brown. I want to see that actually come to fruition now. I understand why Mark's not starting Tony Bradley, he's also not starting Ty Jerome. I understand why he's doing that, because I think that both those guys in a vacuum as players are better than Sphi and Moses Brown, who had been playing typically. I think that with Tony Bradley, though, and with Ty Jerome, you keep them in that secondary unit, because if you don't, that secondary unit gets significantly worse and just absolutely atrocious. So you need those two guys specifically to steady the ship a bit on the second unit I think that those two guys are better players though. And I want to see them get more and more minutes and more in that starting minutes category than say a Moses Brown, because if one of those two guys is going to be an NBA player, I'm going to bank on Moses Brown. And you've got to make a decision in a matter of, a, of months here. I mean, free agency opens August 2nd and you've only got a month left in this season. You've got to make this choice of do you retain Tony Bradley? Do you retain C and do you retain all these players? You have to make all these sweeping judgments in a month, really. Really? And to do that, you need a bigger sample size. And and I want to see what Bradley can do with more chances, because I've loved what we've seen from him. The soft hands, the ability to finish at the rim, the ability to just play sound basketball, right? He's not going to make these flashy, amazing highlight reels, but he's not going to make boneheaded plays either. He's kind of just going to be that high-level IQ guy that will make the solid play. And that can be very valuable for your bench unit moving forward. I've been talking about this for half a half a season now. You can't keep all these guys. I mean, Roby, M- Moses, Bradley, Svee, they've all shown these flashes and they've all shown potential. But you're going to have to make tough calls in a matter of, of months here. And you need to evaluate everything moving forward. You need to explore this roster. And I just think that Bradley's minutes are more viable to exploring that roster than Moses Brown. We know what Moses Brown is. We've seen it time and time again that he's a change-of-pace gimmicky player. He's Deontay Burton more so than Lou Dort. Again, understand why he's starting. I want to see more minutes, though, in the in the end of the game where you're evaluating these minutes and, and see that Bradley's gotten more for the rest of this season on out. It's been better. It's been closer. I want to continue to see that trend moving forward. So the bet of the day will be whatever the line comes out at with Oklahoma City, underdog or favorites. The Moneyball pick is Ty Drum. I think that Ty Drum's going to go off in this game. I don't know why. I just think that Ty drums going to go off in this game. And the Thunder will win this game. But I'm watching for Bradley Minutes. I'm watching for Darius Baisley efficiency. It's time now for the Miklub Ultra Player of the Week. And there's some sneaky good candidates for the Player of the Week award. Usually without SGA, you're just kind of focusing and zeroing in on one player. But this week, you had those flashy moments of Poku, the flashy moments of Darius Baisley and Lou Dort. And you kind of had to cast a wide net and figure out who you wanted to give the player of the week award to. And this is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the only game and what brought me a ton of joy and happiness and enjoyment of watching basketball was Lou Dort. Lou Dort is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week award. Since the last time out of this Michelob Ultra Player of the Week award, He's put up 28 points per game, five rebounds per game, two assists per game, as well as two steals per game. And he shot it very efficiently 51% from the floor, 54% from beyond the arc. And he's shown those flashes of him being a high quality offensive player. And if he can be that high quality player for a substantial amount of time and sustain this throughout his career, you mix that with the high level defense that creates highlight reel plays. While guarding LeBron James, you mix those two things together and you've got yourself a good to great NBA player on your hands. And he's only 22 years old, folks. Depending on how many games that Lou Dort plays in the next week, we could be looking at a back-to-back winner of the McLeod Walsher Player of the Week Award because I do not see this production slowing down from him whatsoever. And the most fascinating part is while posting 28 points per game in this last week, he still has glaring glaring things in his game to work on and things that he can progress at. So he's not even exerting everything he possibly could in his career to get better. Now, 28 points per game is, is crazy talk, right? I mean, that's that's Luca talk. That's Giannis talk. That's not Lou Dort talk. But he doesn't have to be a 28-point-per-game scorer to be a high-quality, very good offensive player. Those numbers can drop dramatically, and with that defense can be rose up as an all-around Good player for Lou Dort. So he's the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week for bringing me such joy, happiness, and enjoyment while watching this great game of basketball. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Well, the Thunder have not won very often, but Lou Dort eventually will make a ton of winning plays. With this Michelob Ultra Player of the Week honor, you're welcome, Lou Dort. I know that you're worried about making Team Canada, as you've told us post-game, but you have nothing to worry about, Lou, because I'm going to call Nick Nurse right now. I'm going to tell him Nick I just gave Lou Dort, the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week Award, the highest honor in the land. He's got to be on your team now, and he's going to put you on the team. You're going to go win the Olympics, and you're going to have to thank me for giving you the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week Award on April 21st, and the rest is going to be history. You're welcome, Lou Dort. 28 points per game, 5 rebounds per game, 2 assists per game, 2 steals, 51% field, and 54% from 3. That wins you the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week Award for bringing this podcast joy, happiness, and enjoyment. Coming up... I'm going to talk more about the NBA Draft, including our first edition of 2021 NBA Draft Stock Wash. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you about our friends over at the Locked On NFL podcast because the NFL Draft is right around the corner. This year, the, NF- the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis From our Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's regional experts, subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page and watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Check it out. I'll be watching the NFL Draft over there, so you should join in as well to get up to date on what's happening with the NFL. Let's have our first-ever edition of Stockwatch regarding the 2021 NBA draft as we kind of dive into our NBA draft cycle. If you're new to the podcast, StockWatch is where we buy or sell stock in players, in ideas, in teams, in anything basketball related, and we keep track of it throughout however long. So for this example, it'll be their entire careers, and we'll see which stock does well, poorly, which one we wish would have sold or bought, or whatever the case may be. We'll dive into StockWatch right now. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. The Stock Watch is now open, and on this edition, we're going to buy and sell prospects of the NBA draft. Who in the early stages are we all in on or all out on? We start with the number one overall prospect, the highest prospect in all of the land, the name that we've coveted since November, and really before that, it's Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is first up, and you know that I'm buying all of the Cade Cunningham stock. Now, this stock is very inflated because everyone is buying Cade Cunningham stock. I'm still doing it. the, the, The price point I'm getting in at is not great, but I'm still buying all of it because Cade Cunningham is going to be a special talent. If To put it into perspective, if this Thunder team, with its culture, with its developmental staff, with its coach, with its pieces around Cade, if this team got Cade Cunningham, they would instantaneously be a playoff caliber team and they would be on a path and a trajectory to be even better than they were in the Durant-Westbrook-Harden era, because Sam Presti has learned from those missteps he had with those teams. You can see it with this year's team, how much better the role players are on it. Collectively, I think that this group would work together, and you would still then have a bajillion draft picks to go get a Bradley Beal, a a Carl Anthony Towns, a elite-level player that's already NBA-ready and made and, and just signed, sealed, delivered as an elite player to go get one of those players to pair with them. So you would be mixing timelines of, here's a bunch of young guys, SGA and Dort and Cade and Poku and Maldon. Here's a bunch of young guys over here. And also, we can go trade for a bona fide star to pair with these guys who are going to rise into stars. SGA is on his way to stardom. Cade Cunningham, on his way to stardom. That would be a hell of a starting point. A a better starting point than most NBA franchises get. And I'd say even better than the the Tim Duncan Spurs whenever they tank for Tim Duncan because of the coveted assets you still would have in the future. You're not even putting all of your eggs in the Cade Cunningham basket because even if you did, folks, even if a franchise out there does put all their eggs in the Cade Cunningham basket, they're going to have a really good basket. But the Thunder have such a luxury and an embarrassment of riches that they don't have to do that that they can get Cade and still have the flexibility to add to this team and not just be at the mercy of whatever that core turns into. The Thunder at that point would be what the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans think they are right now, only 10 times better. That's why you've seen Thunder fans, Thunder media, the team itself, embrace tanking so much this year. Because if you get this right, if you tank correctly, and if you have, Those silly little ping pong balls bounce your way just one measly time. Well, then you've set yourself up for a dynasty. So, I am buying every ounce I don't know if that's the right proper word for stocks, but I'm buying every ounce of Cade Cunningham stock. Now, one that's not so easy to buy, but still, in my opinion, easy to buy is Jonathan Kaminga. And I think I'm getting a hell of a price point for Kaminga as far as top five picks go. The price on Kaminga's stock, theoretically, is way down from the people I talk to. I mean, people have a lot of question marks about him, but the only one I feel is legitimate is his shot. And from talking to him, talking to Coach Shaw, watching their practices, watching their games, I don't think that that shot is so broken it can't be fixed. I don't think that that shot is so horrendous that there's no room for him to grow. I think that Kaminga also impacts the game in a multitude of ways to where if he's your fifth pick, you're pretty well set. I mean, I mean, you've gotten a good one at five, if he's your pick. Even if that shot never progresses, which I think the shot will. the shot will be a lot better. He's just an NBA athlete that can impact this game in so many ways. And I think if the Pistons lose the lottery and finish like three or four, you could see them draft Kaminga higher than most people think that it'll go. I think that he could even be a sneaky target for Troy Weaver at two. He just has Troy Weaver written all over him to me. I like Kaminga a lot. I think that Troy Weaver likes Kaminga a lot more. I'm buying stock on Kaminga. I think that he'd be a, a home run hit at five, assuming the board goes the way that we think it will. Our first player that we're selling in this stock watch is Corey Kispert. I am all out on Corey Kispert. If he gets drafted by Oklahoma City, I will rip my hair out, and I know that he won't because Sam Pressy would never take a guy like Corey Kispert, luckily. I think that the only team that I would like Kispert to go to is the Raptors. I mean, if he goes to the Raptors, fine selection. He's a he's a kind of a more win-now player that just has an NBA trade of shooting and not much else, not much upside. I personally do not like his game for a team like the Thunder, for a team like the Pistons or the Cavs or the Magic, for a team that's trying to continue to build. He's not really a buildy player to me, and I've been somebody who has long fought the battle of, hey, guys, Jalen Brunson still has a lot of value even though he's old. Hey, Sue Luke, and, and Devontae Graham, they have a lot of value even though they're old. But with Kispert, at his age, and at his skill set and athleticism range, that just does not seem like a top 10 talent to me. If I was an NBA GM, I wouldn't even draft him top 10. I think in the top 10, you're looking for upside. You're looking for value. You're looking for the possibility of a franchise-altering player, not the possibility and the ceiling of he can make threes. You can get that almost anywhere nowadays. I don't need it in the top 10 and and Corey Kispert for me is the one that I'm fully just full out sell all the stock and I'm I'm never even going to have the possibility of backing away from that I I still go back and forth with Evan Mobley for example Evan Mobley one day I'm all out the next day I'm all in Uh, it's like I'm just ready to get hurt again with big men being drafted I'm like one day I'm like oh no all big men suck you never draft them high they never pan out well the next day I'm like oh maybe Evan Mobley's different I'm kind of still torn on him to where if I sold him today, I'd reevaluate that in two days. With Kispert, I can sell him comfortably right now and not think twice about it because I do not like his game whatsoever as far as a top 10 prospect. If you draft him at pick 16, though, or pick 17, 18, now we're talking because now you're in more of the range of quality of team that could really benefit from him. But he's not a guy that you take with your with your golden ticket, right? Your golden ticket that hopefully gets you to where you want to go as a franchise. That's not the kind of guy you want. Coming up, we're going to talk more about this stock watch, dive into some more prospects. The Thunder have a new naming right contract that they need to solve. Who can possibly leap up and name the arena and much more. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCKS15. Get 15% off your next order. At builtbar.com. They have six brand new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. These built bars are phenomenal for the conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Try them today. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked 15 Get them 15% off of your next order. That's a locked 15 for a 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. You can use them pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement. They're that feeling, they're that good. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream option. I cannot tell you how great that is. Try it today at builtbar.com. Whenever you go there, use our code LOCKED15. that will get you 15% off your next order. I'm going to tell you right now about good friends over at the betonline.ag website because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but guess what, folks? The NFL Draft is not over yet. It's not even started yet, so you can still go bet on the NFL Draft. Who's the first quarterback off the board? The Trevor Lawrence. Who's the second best quarterback off the board, though? You can bet on all of those things of the NFL Draft tab on betonline.ag. You can bet, of course, on the NBA, which we do every single day. You can bet on the MLB, the NHL, all that fun stuff at betonline.ag. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything that you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online support book experts. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, and you'll receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I want to tell you right now, my good friends, over at the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, and our local experts for every single team making trades, making picks, and picking the stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Odyssey is your audio home for all of sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A U D. A C Y. Let's dive more into these NBA draft prospects. We've went over Kispert and Cunningham, and we've touched a little bit on Evan Mobley. But let's go back to buying stock. It's a lot more fun buying stock, huh? I'm buying Keon Johnson. Now, here's the thing. Here, I think the safer prospect is Corey Kispert, but I think that the upside of Keon Johnson is the more valuable pick. And you're just trying to find value for these draft picks in the top ten. I'd much rather take the swing on Keon Johnson than I would have the low ceiling of Corey Kispert. I am buying all in on Keon Johnson. I think that he can be a really talented player. I think that he can be that player that is the redraft player of the draft where you look back in a couple of years and you redraft him a lot higher than he actually gets drafted at. I really like Keon Johnson's game. I'm also buying Jaden Springer, his Tennessee backcourt mate. I think Springer can be a good player. Now, I don't think Springer's a top 10 guy. I think Springer's more in that 12 to 15 range. But I've even seen some folks have him in the late first, like almost second round. I think that that's far too low for Jaden Springer. So I'm kind of higher than most on Springer, but not so high that it's crazy. I I like Springer a lot, and I like his game. Another obvious one is is Jalen Suggs. Of course, you buy stock in that. And then Scotty Barnes. Now, I was somebody who was kind of a holdout of Scotty Barnes. I didn't really like the context of his college season and the starting thing and, and all that stuff that went into that season and that Career at Florida State, but talking to people about the NBA draft and just watching the film and watching him play, I really enjoy Scotty Barnes' game, and I think that Scotty Barnes is going to be a good NBA player. He's going to be a franchise-changing guy. I do not think that Scotty Barnes is going to be a franchise-altering player, but a really good player, absolutely. And at seven, eight, nine, ten, nice pickup for the for whoever gets him at that stage but this is only the tip of the iceberg in terms of NBA draft coverage. Coming up, we have lottery sims and explaining what each situation would mean for the Thunder, mock drafts, player profiles, big boards, power rankings of the players on this current roster and how prospects would fit with the current roster and so much more. So stay tuned and stay locked on to Locked on Thunder for all of your NBA draft coverage starting, of course, obviously this week and, and throughout the entire summer. Now, something we rumored throughout, May and throughout last summer during the quarantine was Chesapeake Energy Arena being no more and that the bankruptcy file from Chesapeake could lead to them no longer being the stadium naming partner. And it was announced today by the Thunder that that's the fact and that there is going to be a new naming rights deal done. Eventually they're working effectively immediately to get that new naming rights right deal. I believe for the rest of this year, it will still be called Chesapeake, but after this year, it will no longer be called Chesapeake. I'm fascinated by this because we're in the middle of a pandemic still and we're still kind of reeling in the financial impact of this to where how long do you go without a name steal? Because the the naming rights of your stadium is a big revenue source. It's a big one. And I mean, you can hear people like David Sampson, who used to run the Marlins, talk about how much money it generates for a franchise. Whenever you get that naming rights steal and whenever it's hard to get one done, as it was in Miami, it can really give you a blow financially. I wonder how long it takes them to get a new name. How long do they have to sit there naming it Oklahoma City Arena again? Of course, on the backs of not having fans in the stands this year. I think that it'll get done rather quickly. I would not be surprised if we have this done by the end of the season, like within this next month we have it done, because I think that the NBA and the Thunder themselves are more valuable than baseball and than the Marlins, to where teams teams and not teams, but like companies, are going to be vying for that spot on the stadium. More so than they are at Marlins Park, which is now like Lone Depot Park or something. And just got named literally before opening day this year. Like it took them from the time they built it until this, like 2012 is whenever they built it, till just now to get a naming rights deal done. And it was sold as a naming rights deal for well below what it should have just in general. I think that the Thunder are not going to have to sell out that they're going to get a great deal on a naming rights right because of how valuable the NBA is and how valuable this franchise is going to be. I don't know who it's going to be because it's going to come out of nowhere, I think. I mean, Sonic would be hilarious if, if Sonic steps up and buys it, the naming right deal and then the Thunder are playing at Sonic Arena or whatever, and we could just make jokes about the Supersonics. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but it's hard to try to justify or, or pick out or predict who will be the new naming's right partner. After the Ford Center went away, I would have never projected that Chesapeake Energy Arena would be what we'd call the new stadium. I don't know what it will be. It could be Quick Trip Arena, it could be... Sonic Arena, it could be Velveeta Cheese Arena, as you see the Twitter marketing push on that. I don't know what it could be, but I do think it will be something and get done rather quickly because of how valuable this franchise is and the Thunder are and the NBA is. I'm interested to see how long it takes people to kind of register that's no longer Chesapeake though because I, mean, I remember a time whenever we'd still call it the Ford Center, even though it was no longer technically called the Ford Center. I wonder how long that, that we still say the peak, even though it's no longer the peak. I'm interested to see what the new name is and how we figure out ways to nickname it and, and figure out what we're going to actually call the thing, no matter what they tell us to call it. I think it's unanimous around the fan base that anything except for Love's arena is acceptable. Although it would be an epic troll job if Love's did go ahead and pony up the money to get the naming rights deal done. And then they have these just ginormous patches on the jersey that everyone unanimously hates. And then you go to the stadium and boom, there's just a huge Love's logo on this theme that everyone also hates. So you just cannot escape this loves hell that we're in. I think that'd be pretty cool, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you. That'd be pretty funny, It'd be a good marketing strategy, although I cannot think of a single time I've gone to a loves in my entire life. My vote and what I'm hoping for is still Sonic Arena, but we'll see what happens moving forward. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Thunder game against the Pacers. So until then, be good and be good to one another.